for the 15th time. I'm not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It is draft week. We have content, folks. Oh, do we have content. Megapod today. We go 50 minutes. And I said we. Got my boy Doug on here. He's at the Scooter Farm. That's his shop on IG. Go support small business. But my boy Doug is my go-to guy for all things college football, all things draft. He's the guy that keeps me in the loop. So what you're going to be listening today is about 50 minutes of him giving me a crash course on all the different players that are going to go in the first couple rounds. We went through his top five to ten players at every single position group. And I had a blast. I'm pretty sure he had a good time. And tomorrow, we're dropping our mock draft. His mock draft. I'm going to you know, I'm gonna have my comments, but it's his mock draft. And we'll see where he stacks up. We'll keep score. We'll see where he stacks up against the so-called experts. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's get into it. Here's our sponsor for today. Again, completely real. Not at all fake. I'm bringing in, bringing in Buku dollars. Mad bills from these not at all fake sponsors. Let's get into it. Episode 15 of Nacho Flacco the Podcast is brought to you by Hope. Hope. I hope you continue to enjoy what we're doing here. Also, it's that time of year where the NFL season basically starts anew. And everyone hopes they get that guy on their team that will push them over the top. And for some teams, over the top means just making the playoffs. I'm looking at you, Lions and Browns. Now, on to the pod. All right, so as promised, I'm here uh, with my boy Doug, who is my go-to draft guru. Uh, Doug and I have known each other. This will be there. If, if we're measuring it in drafts, it's almost it's 15, 15 years. Yeah. So our, the first time we ever hung out, we, uh, uh, we've got a mutual buddy, and the first time we ever hung out was the 05 draft. That's the famous uh, Niners taking Alex Smith over everybody, including Aaron Rodgers. Not not a huge problem for the franchise there. Um, and uh, I actually wanted Braylon Edwards that year, and Doug, who was a Browns fan. We got him. Got Braylon Edwards. Which I was stoked on to get him in that draft. Yeah. I would, I, I would like, I really wanted Braylon Edwards. I thought, like, I didn't, I didn't, I think even then I didn't trust the 49ers with a quarterback. And uh, Braylon Edwards just felt like the right pick and he had a nice career just yeah through some shitty teams him and Derek Anderson he had like 16 touchdowns one year and I was like all right this is it Browns <laughs> drafted a good player in the first round and then all downhill from there so the reason Doug the reason I go to Doug so often with draft questions is because he's a Browns fan and his team is so consistently picking in the top <laughs> 10 that this is Doug Super Bowl yes. this is the Super Bowl for every Browns fan yep 
I watch a lot of college football, and it's all because I want to see who the Browns can get or not pick because they usually get the wrong guy. But uh, I've always loved college football, and uh, obviously getting ready ready for this draft is fun, especially because there's no other sports going on because of the stupid coronavirus. So, uh, yep, Super Bowl, brownies, and me, draft. I'm, and me, I'm just happy to have content this week. So, yeah. fuck yes. Yeah. It's on like four channels, the draft. Yeah. And like they've got Rich Eisen doing like a uh, like a like a telethon or something. I think Rich Eisen is <laughs> is like raising money for food banks or something. So good, uh, good. So um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, this is this is basically going to be Doug. You guys are going to be listening in on on Doug giving me basically a crash course in the draft. Uh, I'm I'm kind of set on who I think I want the Niners to pick. I think. Obvious needs are, are wide receiver. They've got a, so they lost Emmanuel Sanders. They lost to Forrest Buckner. So filling those two spots would make sense. Yep. It's a good draft for receivers, right? Yes. Deep receivers, deep tackles. Very so, good receiver draft. Yeah. So, and then, so, and then the only position of luxury for the Niners would be uh, like an offensive tackle, which good there's, draft for offensive tackles. Yeah. There's going to be a, quite a few offensive tackles in the first round. I'd say as many as six. That, which is crazy because, like, for years they've been talking about um, how the spread offenses and all these other things, like, you don't have – you have no clue how these tackles are going to actually be able to play at the next level because they're not asked to do the same things that they're asked to in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, obviously starts a quarterback. Everybody wants to protect their quarterback. So the, the offensive line – also, I'm a big guy. So uh, <laughs> I like the offensive line, and I like seeing them in the first round. D- Doug but, gets more excited for uh, big man touchdowns than anybody else I know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, it's like a unicorn. <laughs> let's um, – so we're going to be going through – so as part of the crash course for the draft, uh, Doug's laid out his top five, seven players at each position. There's going to be X number of those guys I've never fucking heard of. Oh, yeah. So I will – um, be uh, bugging him with questions. I've taken some of the questions that you guys asked me on the uh, on the story on the IG story, and so you know we'll we'll jump into that. I've written some of these down, and and uh, this will probably be. I think this will definitely be the longest pod so far. But it's draft week. We got content, and uh, can't wait to get into it. Yep, and we got time, and we got time. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, just a shout out. Uh, just shout out. Um, so Doug, uh, I posted a little while while ago about Scooter Farm. Um, Doug owns the Scooter Farm. It's at the Scooter Farm on IG. Um, and uh, so, in, in in addition to being the uh, my foremost expert on on the draft, he also runs the, the the best scooter company out there. So if you guys are looking for any of your scooter needs, trick scooters, uh, full setups, wheels, parts, the whole nine. Uh, it is the scooterfarm.com. So that's that's my my plug for all 75 people that might listen to this. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's just start with the quarterbacks. Sweet. Joe Burrow, uh, I'm aware of who he is. I think I saw him play half of the, the game, the, the championship game. Yeah. He is, but kind of like in, in – in, and I was doing this on yesterday's pod because I was comparing him to, to Carson Palmer. Huge season. I mean, like he's – 60 touchdowns in a season is more than Carson Palmer threw in five seasons or four seasons of starting for the, the Trojans. But like, is he, is this, is this a fluke? Is this a guy that's going to burn out? 
I don't think so. I think he'll be a top-level quarterback. Um, it's kind of crazy to think. I'll started at Ohio State, and he was beat out by Dwayne Haskins, who we've seen play for the Redskins. Um, Do but you yeah, like Dwayne Haskins? I, I think he's middle of the road. Okay. I don't think he's ever going to be amazing. I don't think he's ever going to be real bad. I think he's very serviceable, serviceable I guess. Okay, but, so um, like a like like a Stafford, better. I think Stafford's a little better. Okay. Yeah, I would say Stafford is over Haskins, but Haskins got a lot, a lot of time to prove that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so Burrow had to leave, leave Ohio State, and uh, had a pretty above average year at LSU, and then had the greatest quarterback season I've ever seen. Right, and he just puts the the ball on the money. Every throw in, in all these televised games that I saw. So he was good in all the big games, which is pretty good. So is, is that but he's is that a system thing with them? Uh, I mean, you have, to, you have to look at the receivers too. I mean, LSU had four wide receivers that are all going to be first or second round picks this year and next year. So Jesus. he had a loaded stable of receivers. But he was on the money. He was accurate with his throws. He made stuff happen with his feet. Yeah, like I saw 76% the completion percentage, yeah. which is – Unreal. So I would say he's going to be really good, but I also say he's closer to his ceiling uh, than maybe like you know the Alabama quarterback Tua. Because he's because uh, Burrow's old. Yeah, he transferred, sat out a year, so he's five years in college. Yeah, and, and twenty two years old, I believe. Uh, twenty three. Is he twenty three? Yeah, he's twenty three. Because yeah. that was part of the the Carson Wentz podcast yesterday was like. They're both born in December. They both were drafted at 23 and, and turned 24 in that season. Yeah. And But, like, Lamar Jackson's younger than Burrow. Um, Josh Rosen, who's going to be in his third season, he's younger than Burrow. Yeah. Um, you know, he's – I think to your point about being closer to his ceiling, you know, he's he's he was kind of a man amongst boys. Uh, you know, he's a 23-year-old playing against 20-year-olds and 21-year-olds. So – that can that can only help him. So, <clears throat> but the Bengals need somebody. Exactly. They and really the Bengals, have two and, options. It's either the quarterback or Chase Young, the defensive end. And I don't want to step on the mock draft too early, but yeah, because we're doing the mock draft tomorrow. So, but Burrow's going number one. Yeah, okay. I think that's safe to say. Okay. Um, now, so the rest of the the rest of the quarterbacks, I've got a couple questions. Okay. Um, Tua, I think, uh, obviously with the hip, that's going to be. You know, I've, I've seen him falling tremendously on some mock drafts, um, but talent-wise, he's he just he's number two. Okay. He's the number two quarterback in this draft, and if he didn't have that injury, we could be talking about him on the same level as Burrow. Okay, and so then is there so is is Herbert? So you've got Burrow to a Herbert, Jacob Eason, who I've never fucking heard of, and then yep. Jalen Hurts. And Jordan Love, those are your top six. How many of those guys do you think go in the first round? Um, I think three for sure. And then I'm from what I've heard, there's people that love Jordan Love. Okay, so he could potentially go. So I would say three, maybe four in the first round. So you think Eason and Hertz fall into the fall out of the first? Right. I think I like them better than some other people. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, so if you want to know who Eason is, oh yeah, yeah, he so, is five-star quarterback recruit. Went to Georgia, um, got injured and got stuck behind another quarterback in this draft, Jake Fromm. Transferred to Washington, 
And uh, I think, you know, he's a really good prospect. He's got a big arm. He's a big guy. He's He looks like the quarterback, what you want your quarterback to look like. So, um, and also he's comes from, uh, his, I believe his father played f- football. So I just really like him. I think he could, if he finds the right spot, a lot of it too is finding the right spot, especially if you're getting picked, you know, second, third and beyond rounds. It's got to be the right fit. So. Yeah, we see that over and over again. I mean, the reason that the Bengals are picking first is because they're fucking awful. Exactly. And, you know, the the best thing for a quarterback sometimes is to drop like, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Because Exactly. I still maintain we would not be talking about Aaron Rodgers the way we talk about him right now if the Niners had taken him first overall because they were such a fucked up franchise at the yeah. time. Or any of those bad teams in that top ten that year. <laughs> so, um, and then Nate Stanley. Yeah, he's an Iowa quarterback. Um, again, he's kind of 6'4", big guy, big arm. Pocket guy? Yeah. and uh, Nate Stanley doesn't sound like a <laughs> like the next running back. No, no. I'm not going to be doing any running back memes about you Nate never, Stanley. You know, there's there's going to be guys in this draft that end up being backup quarterbacks for eight or nine years, and they make their money, and I think he's he fits into that pocket. Best job in football. Yep. Um, okay, so running backs. Yes. I'm – I – so we've got so we'll just kind of talk about some of the the rumors that are floating around. Uh, Fournette, what did he go like fourth overall? So, yeah, he was a top five pick, um, or maybe it was a seven. He was in that range. So you've got Fournette in the top. Let's just say Fournette in the top ten, and I yep. think for some reason I think it was four. It was not four. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, all these guys taken the top ten. Zeke and Christian McCaffrey got paid, and. Uh, Fournette looks like they're trying to trade him before yeah. they've got to pay him. Which, now, I've never agreed. Uh, okay, I don't want to say never, but the game has changed to the point where taking running backs in the first round doesn't make obvious sense to me. Right. And uh, and the the reasoning behind that is that if if you hit on them, you're going to have to give them a second contract like Zeke and, and yeah. Christian McCaffrey have gotten. And the history of running backs on their second contract is – is terrible. So are the running backs good this year? Are any of them going to get drafted in the first round? I'm kind of in the same mindset as you. It's kind of a, I don't want to say secondary position because there are superstars out there, but there are elite running backs that should be taken in the first round. But at the same time, I don't see an elite one on the Zeke Elliott level or Christian McCaffrey. I don't see that in this draft. Um, But I do see a lot of guys going in the second, third, fourth rounds that can make a difference. Um, DeAndre Swift from Georgia is kind of an all-purpose back. Um, Georgia had a really good run game this year, and uh, he—I uh, would say if one does go in the first round, I think it's him. Okay. But uh, but I think he's early second round. Um, I don't see him as some of the other guys that have come out of Georgia, like the Gurleys and Nick Chubbs and all those guys. Um, but yeah, so DeAndre Swift, and then there's uh, I have J.K. Dobbins. This is the next guy. He's kind of an all-purpose back out of Ohio State. Um, ran behind a really good offensive line. Had a good all-around team, so his numbers were really, really nice. But he's a guy that can catch it out of the backfield. And as you said, you got to be a receiver now yeah. too. So, and then Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Um, everybody's super high on him. Um, I don't know what to think about him. I've seen a lot of guys be really good in college and then – they look slow in the pros. I don't know. I think he could be like that, but he caught a lot of balls too. So it's, he can do a lot of different things, but I'm waiting to see on him. Um, I like big bruising running backs. So Cam Akers out of Florida state, he fits that mold. 
big boy. So tilt the how, how big are we talking here? Because I have no idea who this is. He's uh, he's like in the 6'3", 225, 230 range. Oh, okay. So big boy. Okay, oh, like a real big boy. Yeah. Okay. And there's another big boy right a- after him from Boston College, A.J. Dillon. Another big boy. Um, I've seen people comparing him to Henry from the Titans. Okay. Um, That's a big comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's, I think, I mean, he's a big boy. I've seen him play. I'm a big Notre Dame fan. I've seen Boston College play against Notre Dame. He's, he's done his own, uh, he's held his own. That's for sure. But I've seen him just win games by himself at Boston College because they don't really have too much talent around him. So big running backs. And then uh, I also like Zach Moss out of Utah. I think he's worth talking about. He's a guy that's been there for three or four years and kind of always just was their cowbell. He was always there, so he's a consistent player. Zach, Zach Moss sounds like a Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just, I don't want to stereotype. <laughs> I'm just going off names. Yeah. But Zach Moss feels like a white boy. He's not. Oh, okay. Well, but see, this is why you're here. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Um, someone else that isn't a white boy Zach is Moss, Utah is black. Yes. Okay. Utah is like a lot of the, like Utah, Utah state, BYU. They have like a lot of Samoan dudes, big, strong Samoan dudes that are, yeah. Cause the, the Mormon religion, folks Mormon, are yeah. out there just, you know, banging on doors all the day. It's, it's an unfair recruiting advantage for, yes. for Utah. Yeah. And then last guy on my list here, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire from LSU. Um, he was really important in their run this year. He's another all-purpose back. Um, he's kind of those guys. He's a little guy that kind of gets lost in between the tackles, and then all of a sudden he bounces out the other side and makes big runs. Um, but also good receiver out of the backfield. He was a he was a nice safety valve for Burrow. So those are those are the running backs worth mentioning, I think. Okay, but but no no obvious first round. Guys. No, I wouldn't say so. Not this year. So. Okay, so the position group that we're hearing all about, and maybe it's just me because my team is in desperate need of a wide receiver, but uh, the position group we're hearing a lot about is wide receivers and just how deep it is and that there might be that you can get starters back into the fifth round of the draft. You've picked up 10 guys. Um, yep. I had – so somebody asked me to rank mine, and granted – or they at least asked me who I wanted, and granted – I don't watch, again, not to beat a dead horse, but I've never seen any of these guys play. But I ranked Henry Ruggs second for my team, mostly because he just, from measurables and tape, he feels like a guy I fell in love with this year in Debo Samuel, and he might be the faster, stronger version of Debo Samuel. And so I'm, like, having visions of Kyle Shanahan being able to, like, send these guys on crossing routes and doing all kinds of, like, being, having, having them yeah. run the same routes and being able to run the same play from either side of the field. But you've got Justin Jefferson ahead of Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I, and you know, it's one of those – he could be – you could flip them in. You okay. know, they're that close. Um, I could see, you know, six wide receivers going in the first round of this draft, just like I said, six tackles on offense. Um, to start with your guy, Henry Ruggs, who we were watching his high school basketball highlights the other Go night. Go find those. His high school basketball highlights are ridiculous. He's like, um, was, he's only like 5'11". He's not a big guy. That's why I probably put Jefferson in front of him. His head but was his, at the rim. But yeah, he gets up. It's like It was almost like watching Spud Webb. It was like crazy seeing him dunk in those highlights. Yeah, but, um, if you, it, he, like, he, he was 
his high school highlights, it looks like Russell Westbrook has been like transported into a high school gym. <laughs> yeah. He is taking off from like just inside the free throw line and is like still going just up when he dunks the ball. It spiking is him. unreal. Yeah. But um but yeah, no. So Ruggs, uh yeah, he's definitely I would say he's a faster Devo. Um I think Devo is a little thicker though. I think he's probably a stronger got receiver. But that would he'd be a great compliment. Um Great compliment to each other as wide receivers there, especially when, when you have Kittle over the middle. Hey. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I got bars. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I have Jerry Judy number one. Um, I just think he's the most all-around all around wide receiver in the draft as far as route running, precision, um, deep ball, speed, you know, physicality. I think he's the total package. I think he'll be a solid NFL wide receiver for the next, you know, eight to 10 years. And so why CD lamb over the, the two sec guys, Jefferson and Ruggs? Um, CD lamb. He's just, he's just made some really bizarre looking plays. Like there, he made a play against Texas this year. He like, it looked like he was in the middle of a circle of six defenders and he, and he scored a touchdown. I think it was against Texas, but he's just a big physical wide receiver. Um, and I think, I, I think all these, like those top three or four guys are pretty closely ranked together. Um, so yeah, so I'm, but he's a little bit bigger. So I like, I like receivers with some height because they can out jump, you know, the defensive backs and Browns quarterbacks aren't incredibly accurate, right? Yeah. Just throw it up there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I really like CD lamb. So so, Chase Chase Claypool, that's another name guy. Yeah. Um, big physical wide receiver, um, kind of lit it up at the combine this year with his speed. Um, but he's six, four, two thirty eight, I think. He's at right now, and he's almost like a hybrid tight end, you know, mm-hmm. slot guy, I think. And uh, But if you watched any – I watched every Notre Dame game. <laughs> but if you watched any, you would see he was their go-to guy every game, and he was a guy that you just kind of throw it up to, and he's going to out-jump the other guy. Plus he – and I, I don't know, this is probably not the sexiest thing, but he is a special teams dynamo. He's okay. like – he's the gunner on, you know, punt – and kickoffs, and he's usually the first guy down the field, and he's usually making the tackle. So okay. in addition to being a very physical receiver that makes a lot of plays there, he's also playing special teams, which I know when you're getting down to that last couple guys on the roster, that means something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and especially like – so so again, going back to the Niners, like Raheem Mostert has to be a bigger part of the offense this year, which I think means that he's not going to be on special teams as much. And so – yeah, you know they're you know the more as every coach has ever told everybody ever the more you can do the more valuable you are exactly, right. and that's a uh, former brownie Mozart, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> everything that always comes back to Ohio. Um, all right, and then uh, one of the other guys that I've seen a lot of is Jalen Rager, 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 uh, Rager, yeah, from TCU. Um, he's just freak athlete guy uh over the middle over the top okay um he's been i haven't seen him as much as some of these other guys on this list but from the highlights you watching everybody's highlights are good yeah but i've heard his name a lot so that's why he made the list and then t higgins from clemson big tall wide receiver that's kind of been a go-to guy for the last couple years and all the big uh I, i keep picturing him as small i think because of t martin yeah, maybe just the yeah. just the name T. I'm like, oh, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want a little guy on the list, KJ Hamler, slot receiver from Penn State. Um, he's kind of a do it all punt returner, kick returner, slot receiver, little guy that goes over the top. 
So I'm sure someone will find it. If he can find a good situation, he's someone that'll make a difference. All right. Any, any other final thoughts on the wide receiver class? Um, super deep, deep. I mean, I put 10 on my list here, but it could have easily been, you know, 20. There's a lot of guys, um, deep position, just like offensive tackle. I would say wide receiver, offensive tackle, the two deepest positions. And you'll see that in the first three, four rounds. Any, uh, so tight ends, I haven't, there doesn't seem to be anybody that's like a Vernon Davis or an Evan Ingram or anybody that's going to be, uh, yeah. Hawkinson, any of these guys are going to go in the first. No, I would say if somebody goes in the first, it'd be Cole Komet from Notre Dame. Um, big six, six tight end. He kind of, uh, he kind of lumbered on the field a little bit like Gronkowski. That's how I used to, he kind of reminded me of that. I don't say, I'm not saying he's going to have that career, but, uh, he could be late first round, probably early second. And two sport athlete was a pitcher on the baseball team as well. And, and Notre Dame's second, uh, second leading receiver behind Claypool. Yeah. So he's someone, and I am biased. So, uh, <laughs> But he's someone that could could go in that round, uh, first late first round. Uh, the rest of the guys on my tight end list are um, there's a guy from Missouri who's very athletic. Say, try uh, and say his name. Yeah. Can, can you do that? I can. Akubunam, um, Albert. <laughs> I don't know. That was <laughs> Albert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His friends call him Albert. So, um, but a lot of these other guys, the only guys I've seen multiple games of was Jared Pinkney from Vandy, and I thought he was really good. Um, he was kind of their go-to receiver as well, and he made some really good catches over defensive backs. And when you can make a catch in traffic, that's what you want for a big receiving tight end. Um, another big guy, six-seven uh, tight end out of Stanford, who uh, you know Stanford has always got good tight ends. Named Colby or Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always have that. <laughs> those kind of names. So, and I put Thaddeus Moss on my list just because he had such a great season with LSU. Uh, he's he's not as big as some of these other guys. He's not as, as fast as them. But, like I a, mean, he was – Like a Delaney Walker type? Yeah, but he was – I mean, he made big catches all season for him. And, again, that goes back to Burrow making big throws. But Thaddeus Moss was on the end of a lot of those. And and he's got the he's got the name recognition. Exactly. Randy Moss. He's Papa. Um, so uh, – Okay, that should that should clear it up for tight ends, offensive tackles. This is a, a near and dear to your heart. Yes, sir. Um, yep. And so take us through this because I've seen I've seen these guys put in I think thirty or forty different combinations. Yeah, there's a there's a top four, and everybody has been number one at some point in the last couple months. Um, I have Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Uh, just because I like his resume a little bit better than some of the other guys. Um, started at left tackle last year. Some of these other guys have been playing right tackle. Um, but he's he's been a starting offensive lineman in the SEC for a run-dominant team. He's freshman year. He's right tackle the last two years, left tackle. Um, I think his work speaks for itself, so I really like him. He's also someone that I want the Browns to get, so I think I think that's a good match for us. But uh, Tristan Wirfs. What pick do the Browns have this year? 10. Okay. We're number 10. So there's a chance. I mean, I feel like we could get one of these guys, uh, one of these top four, which I would be happy with any of them pretty much. Wirfs from Iowa is the one that's super athletic. Um, He's the one that's kind of can get out in space, a lot of pulling, um, lit it up at the combine with his 40 and lifting and all that stuff. Um, Although – we were talking about Joe Thomas and he ranked his top four on Twitter yesterday. Yep. He has him four, which I've seen a lot of other guys have worse one. So and Joe Thomas, I trust. 
basically there. And so some, <clears throat> some internal conflict going yeah. on here. Yeah, and then a uh, big guy, um, Jedrick Wills Jr. out of Alabama. He actually was Tua, who's left-handed. He was his blindside tackle. Okay. So he was, you know, technically, you know, at the big money position, I guess. Uh, everybody seems to say he can play either or, so he's from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh there's not too much to question about him. I he I think he'll be a top ten pick. And then uh, Mackay Becton, who is a refrigerator sized human being, uh, six I think what was he six seven two sixty or something 360, like that. Three sixty, yeah. Or yeah, three sixty. Sorry. Um, everybody likes the way he moves for his size. Actually, Joe Thomas has him as his number one. Um, I had him as my number four of the top group. So. Um, but that's rethinking so you, that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But um. But again, I would no, say you know all what, four man? of these Fuck guys. Joe like, <laughs> don't you dare! <laughs> all four of these guys are worthy of top twelve picks. Okay. So, at the end of the day, if I'm the Browns at number ten, if one of these guys is there, I should be happy. Yeah, that's going to be the position that, like, if the Niners are, you know, you're supposed to build through the lines, right? The Niners yeah. have done a really good job of building. They've got two first round guys at tackle. Um, they've spent the time. I think Lakin Tomlinson was even a first rounder. Just a, yeah. he was a first round bust with the Lions, but now he's a starter for the Niners. Yeah. Um, and you got Staley, who's getting old and and might not have even committed to playing this year, even though everybody kind of understands that he's coming back. But I'm yeah. not even sure he's made it official. So I wouldn't even be surprised to see the Niners use pick 13 on a tackle. It wouldn't fire up the fan base like a receiver would. Um, but you know, and it, and it's certainly, and, but if, is, is any of these guys better, if they're going to draft a tackle or any of these guys going to be better at moving inside and playing guard right away? Cause interior, if, uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched the super bowl, but, uh, uh, Chris Jones, uh, completely <laughs> obliterated our interior line. And so uh, the Niners might be looking for short-term, like the short-term benefit of taking a tackle is they upgrade the guard position, and then when Stanley yeah. retires, they move him outside. And that's just like I watch a lot of, I, I follow a lot of like high school recruiting, and every high school football recruit is an offensive tackle. Then they go to college yeah. and they're a guard or a center. Yeah, I think that's same 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 thing translates college to NFL. You're going to see, um, like they've. I've heard about Worfs potentially could be a guard, be a really good guard. Uh, I've heard about Wills as well. Um, some of the other guys on my list are kind of tall, long guys, and that's the guy you got. You want yeah. those guys on the edge. Um, but yeah, that's the nice luxury of you know an offensive lineman or a tackle specifically that doesn't always pan out. You can kick them inside. And uh, and they can deliver. If they've got the feet to be drafted at tackle, they certainly have the feet to play guard. Right? Yeah, it's just whether or not they're probably strong enough. Exactly, exactly. And there, yeah, there's some big, strong dudes on the interior interior line of both defense and offense. So, but yeah, there's uh, so there's those top four that everybody's been talking about. Um, and then I would say there's a next group of three: Joshua Jones from Houston. Um, Austin Jackson from USC, Ezra Cleveland from um, Blue Turf School, Boise, Boise State. Sorry, um, they're all real close together. Uh, Jackson was a guy that you know last year people were talking about him being a top ten pick, and now they're saying they're still saying first round, which is great. But 
he's got good length and he's been starting at left tackle for the last few years for USC. He's been pretty much their only consistent offensive lineman in like the last four years. Okay. So good get there uh, for a left tackle. He could play right as well. Uh, Joshua Jones from Houston is one of those, uh, I can't remember if he's a four or fifth year guy, but he's very experienced. I know that. And he did really well at um, the, uh, the bowl game, the senior bowl okay. that he was in. And that's kind of where I started seeing his name a lot. Um, yeah. So offensive tackles, again, going to be a deep position. Um, you'll see a lot of them in the first two, three rounds, I would say, okay. I would think. And then normally there's at least one guard that goes. All right. So the recording cut out right as we started to talk about the guards. So we're just going to pick up right from there. Doug, there's usually one or two guards that go in the first round. Quentin Nelson comes to mind. Uh, Mikey Potty from a few years ago. Jonathan Cooper, this is like, who was a bust, but like, you know, these guys don't tend to turn into busts. It's, it feels like a position that if you're taking an interior guard that, that it's going to work out. So is there anybody that from the, from the list of guards that you've got here, that's that there's, is- yeah, there's no Quentin Nelson in this draft. There's, there's probably not going to be a Quentin Nelson in next year's draft either. Um, I don't have any of these guys in the first round, but I think in the beginning of the second round, you'll see some of them, um, a couple centers, I would say are at the top of the interior O-line list. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry III, again, solid, solid name. Perfect name. From LSU. Um, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. Uh, both uh, are centers, strong guys, can anchor a line. Um, center's a very important position as far as, you know, making line calls and being in sync with the quarterback. So definitely an important position, but I don't see any of those guys going in the first round. But you, you could see one of them sneak in there at the end, though. If I was commissioner, I would make a rule that said that every time that Lloyd Cushenberry the Third pancakes someone, they had to say Lloyd Cushenberry the Third with the pancake. Like <laughs> if you don't put his full name in there, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, that that's definitely a name you want to say the full thing every time. All right, so edge rushers, Chase Young is the obvious guy at the top. He's if he doesn't go two, I think everybody's going to be blown away. Ron Rivera, defensive coach. Upgrading the pass rush is one of the easiest things you can do to, to fix your team. You saw it with the Niners. They took a defensive end from Ohio State, number two overall, and it transformed their defense. Chase Young goes two, right? Yeah, he's on that level. Um, he's he's the Bosa brothers. He's Miles Garrett. He's the top pass rushers we've seen drafted at the top of the draft the last few years. Um, the only reason he's not going number one is because there's a QB needy team there. Um, and when you know, if you have the number one pick and you need a quarterback, you take a quarterback no matter what. So, yep. so yeah, he's I he's elite against the run, against the pass. He's going to be a solid player in the NFL. Um, but I haven't heard of really any of these other guys. And normally there's like a couple guys that are that are either workout freaks or something. There's this is one of those positions that you get like all these like really you you get the most volatility. I feel like in kind of like that hot draft stock, draft riser, because they get out, they start measuring these guys, they start looking at, you know, all the broad jumps and the three-cone drills and everything, and they go, holy shit, this guy can move. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like anybody's making news. Yeah, no, the edge pass rusher position is a premier position, just like quarterback is on offense. I think everything starts from a pass rush on defense up front. Um, we know Chase Young. There's there's some pretty solid players after him. They're probably not household names. Um, AJ Epinesa from Iowa. He's just a steady, you know, you're going to, you know, he's a big 10 D 
defensive lineman, and that's what you're going to get. Solid big guy. Um, you know, before this season started, you know, he was a top, you know, people were projecting him top six, top 10. Now I'm here in late first round, could go to second round. So um, a guy that another steady Eddie, I would say, is Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Alabama has always had a great pass rush. They always have great defensive linemen. Um, again, you, that's a position um, that, you know, at Alabama's pretty <laughs> it's, familiar. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's what they do. Um, another guy on my list, uh, ND guy, Julian Aquara. He had an injury in the middle of the season, and that kind of, you know, kind of threw off his potential of being a first-round pick, I think. Uh, pretty serious leg injury, but he has recovered. Um that guy got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He was always bending the edge against offensive tackles, shrinking the pocket, and I think that's why Notre Dame's defense has been good these last few years because of you know they actually have a guy that can rush the passer, which we haven't always had. Um, Curtis Weaver, Boise State, another solid player. Um, if you want one of those physical freak athletes, LSU, Calavion Chason was a very solid pass rusher for them, kind of led him – Led them in that pass rush. Um, I know they were known for their offense last year, but their defense did play pretty well for as much as they were on the field. Um, and then there's a Penn State guy. And again, they're saying he could be end of the first round. Gross Matos from Penn State, another multi-year starter. Um, pretty good. So so it's a, it's a solid group, I'd say, but there's a big drop-off from Chase Young to the next guy. Okay. So on defensive tackles, before we get to the the top two guys, which feel like top 10, top 15 guys, um, are you noticing that as you get older, you're starting to see more guys named after the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, as it should be. Yeah. Well, it's like Wu-Tang is forever, um, <laughs> but um, there's, there's more... Um, Anthony's, there's more Shaq's, there's more. Oh, for uh, sure. There's Raekwon's now. Um, but before we get to like Raekwon Davis, <laughs> which is perfect, um, Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw, I don't think there's any. I think it would be a shock from all the mock drafts I've seen for them to, for Kinlaw to go in front of Brown, but it's not that Kinlaw's a bad player. No, no. Those two are very close. Uh, everybody that I've read has Derek Brown just ahead of Kinlaw. Um, they were both five-star recruits. Um, so it's always interesting to see those guys that start off with big expectations. They get through college, and now you see them. They're going to get picked in the top 10, top 15. So, so Do but you yeah. know they're five-star recruits because they turned down Notre Dame? <laughs> um, I don't think either of these guys consider Notre Dame. Okay. Um, but when I'm looking for guys that do consider Notre Dame, I do see the names at the top of the list. I'm like, oh, I wonder how this guy's going to turn right. out. So, but Derek Brown was was a big deal, and he certainly held up his end of the bargain at Auburn. Him and uh, Marlon Davidson, actually, both I have him as the third best defensive tackle available. Those two guys were playing uh, next to each other, wreaking havoc in the SEC. That's why their defense was so good this year. Um, your boy Raquan Davis from Alabama. Woo! He, uh, you know, he was someone he was producing as soon as he started started playing. Um, I always thought he would be a first round pick, but you know, he's a guy that I could see going in the second or third round. Um, another guy that I could see end of the first early second is Ross Blacklock from TCU. Just a big, strong dude. That's what you want in the middle. You don't want to be able to guy that can absorb some blocks. Same with the Oklahoma defensive tackle, uh, Neville Gallimore. Another, another awesome great name. name. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then also another big 12 team, Missouri, Jordan Elliott, him in the middle. Those last three guys are, 
Big 12, which they usually don't play defense, but these guys are on the list. So um, we shall see how they do. But, yeah, defensive tackle, Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw, and then there's uh, that next group, next tier. Gotcha. All right, so linebackers has a name I've heard in Isaiah Simmons. Uh, it's got a couple names that I've been asked about in Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. Somebody asked me about K-9 and Patrick Queen, and I thought I was being trolled. So, <laughs> um, all right, so yeah. so Isaiah Simmons, jack of all trades. Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife. Whatever you want to call it. Is he good at, like – the problem with those guys, and uh, this is so is we've got guys like Jabril Peppers, right? Yeah, he's a bigger Jabril, Jabril Peppers, though. Yeah, he's he's six four, and he can play linebacker, safety. He can cover the slot. Um, <coughs> you know, in college, a lot of colleges, since everything's so spread out, a lot of them kind of run almost like a four two, and they have a rover instead of like a four three linebacker. And he would be perfect for that role. Um, you, you, you'll see it in the NFL because NFL is spreading it out more too now. Um, but he's kind of an interesting guy. He wasn't a big recruit at all. He was like a end of the, you know, he went to Clemson. He got an offer very late in the process because Clemson missed on a couple other recruits. I was just reading about this the other day. So he kind of started off as a low three-star recruit, and now he's going to be a top ten pick. So it's also – you know, you guys got like Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw who are doing it because they're supposed to. And then there's the guys that work, you know, all the way up from right. nothing to it. So he's but, a guy that's easy to root for. Um, but, I mean, he can cover, he can tackle. That's what you want on defense. Definitely not a guy that needs to come off the field. No, no, definitely. He's a four-down player. He can do it all. So he's very good. I, you know, the Browns let go of Joe Schobert. If, you know, if this guy's there at number 10, I don't think he will be. Now, I, now, I would take him over. Schobert, you were killing. So Doug and I went to the Niners-Browns game this year, which <laughs> it, wasn't if, good. If it wasn't good for the Browns. If you, uh, But if if you're ever with a buddy and the team is going to get blown out, at least let it be with a Browns fan because they've got so much experience making jokes <laughs> about their own team. Yeah. But, I mean, there's nothing on a football field when the Browns play that's going to surprise me. Um um, but yeah, no, Schobert, I, you know, he was a Pro Bowl player for us. He made a lot of tackles, but he made a lot of tackles 10, 15 yards downfield. And then like the first play of that offensive series when was it Breeder that busted it off the left? 80 yards, yeah. Yeah. He I would like your I can't remember who it was, your offensive guard, but he basically blocked Schobert and our other linebacker. He blocked two guys and that really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, and we had the perfect seat like view for it. Like yeah. I was like, oh no, oh no. And just like it was in slow motion. I was like, I was like, all right, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, God bless Joe Schobert in Jacksonville. Um, but Browns need a linebacker to replace him. Gotcha. Okay. So um, so S- S- would you rather have Simmons or would you rather have – is Simmons going to be there at 10? No. Okay. He's going to go – I don't. I can't see him getting past seven. Okay. So the then are Murray and Patrick Queen potentials for the Browns? Not in the first round. Okay. I mean, not at 10. Uh, you know, you kind of got a top 10 pick. You got to go for value. Okay. Um, and I don't see those guys as top 15, top 10 players. I see them as, you know, first se- – or the second half of the first round, maybe early second. Um, Kenneth Murray's a dog. He can – he's a chase down linebacker. So I'd probably put him just over Queen. And um, I, th- I think you got to be – you got to be scared these days of taking – 
spending too much draft capital on middle linebackers. I mean, you've seen it with Keekley, and you see it with Patrick Willis. They don't last long. It's it's, it's like the running back conversation. Different. I mean, an average running back is going to last you three, maybe four years, and a a really great linebacker will give you nine or ten. But you're not getting, you know, with a – with an edge rusher, you're going to get 10, 10, a great one, you're going to get 10 to 12 years. Tackles, you're going to get 10 to 15 years. Quarterbacks, you know, 13 to 20. Um, yeah. You know, so it's like if you're going to, uh, and even cornerbacks with the ability to like kind of, you know, they get old, they get slow, you move them to safety. But like middle linebackers and stuff like that yeah. just. Well, that's um, that's one question. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if uh, I had somebody, I was listening to somebody talk about Simmons the linebacker taking them number three or four. And someone asked the question, like, that's fine, but who are the starting middle linebackers for the Chiefs this year? Right. Like, I don't know. I can't even name yeah. it. And, like, I mean, the Niners had a really great defense. You, I'm sure you know your middle linebackers, but I can't really name their middle linebackers off the top of my head. Fred Warner, who had a great year, yeah. but he was like, you know, it's a third-round pick out of, like, yeah. BYU. Um, and, you know, Quan Alexander. And then a fifth – and then Dre Greenlaw was a fifth-rounder. Yeah. Like, you don't. It's not a position that you need to. Yeah. It's it's an over. If you're drafting them in the top half of the first round, you're probably overdrafting them. Exactly. And it's like if now if it's a luxury for you, right? Where you've got a spot to fill, and there's a guy that is the most talented player, and you've got the spot for him. Great, but like I don't think like normally a best player available. It's like you can't have too many edge rushers. You can't have too many cornerbacks. You can't right. have too many tackles right um i think like back in the what back in the 90s it was like your linebacker was your quarterback of the defense yeah. but now everything's so spread out it's like all right we need edge rushers that can get to the quarterback before they're ready to throw yeah we need quarterbacks that can cover for three to four seconds yeah so now it's like the linebackers are they're almost lost lost in everything like running backs are in offense and if you're starting you know if, if you're if if you're playing a team that trots out in nickel or in uh in you know three wide receivers your middle linebacker might not even be on the field for for the first snap of the game and so he's not even he's he's not even really a starter exactly uh, you know if he's if the other team's in three wide you know 60 percent of the time 70 percent of the time like some teams are now you know you, that middle linebacker might not be on the field much unless he can run and yeah and I that's think, why simmons is great because yeah. he's got the coverage skills all right, so um, yeah, the rest of these guys on my list. There's those top three linebackers um, that we just talked about, and then there's a couple guys that uh, I think can be solid players in the second, and third round. Um, Troy Dye, big linebacker from Oregon. Um, Malik Harrison, outside linebacker from Ohio State. Um, one of my um, kind of under the radar guys is Logan Wilson, linebacker from Wyoming. Started for the last three years from them, and again, just steady, steady, always showed up makes tons of tackles. And then uh, my last guy on the list I have is Jacob Phillips, LSU speed linebacker. All right. So um, now we get to, we just said, you can't have too many cornerbacks. Yep. The name I keep saying at the top, I don't, uh, Okuda? Okuda, Jeff Okuda. Yep. Damn, I got that right. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, from basically cornerback university. Yep. Yep, and Ohio State. I have two, two Ohio State corners in my top seven. Who else should I know on here? Because I've seen so, Trayvon Diggs mostly because he's Stephon Diggs' brother. Yeah, so Jeff Okuda, no holding, no penalties, clean season all year. If you're not cheating, you're no not pass cheating, interference, no penalties. That's crazy. And, uh, and then 
probably the best sound bite from the combine this year was him calling out the receiver or calling out the, uh, uh, the uh, reporter who asked him what, you know, how he can clean up and do better from some of the things that he did poorly. And he asked him, you know, I was like, what did I do poorly? I had no, no, no pass interference is no penalty. So yeah. I thought that was awesome. But you were asking um, the question the wrong guy. Yeah. So again, cornerback, you got to have that swagger. So he has it. Um, and then not too far behind him is CJ Henderson from Florida. I think he's a guy that's worthy of a top 10, top 10 pick, but could be more like top 15. Um, very good speed cover corner. Um, next one is Christian Fulton from LSU. Um, LSU has a guy that was a freshman last year that was their top cornerback. He's, he's, I can't remember his name right now, but he was a freak, but this guy also was very good, which again, you know, I can see why LSU won it all this year. Um, good, good cornerback depth in the first two rounds, I would say. Um, another guy that I'm higher on than I have him in front of Trayvon Diggs, which you asked about is Jalen Johnson, good sized cornerback from Utah. Um, are, yeah. So are any of these guys are, how many of these guys are like six, one or better? Um, I would say the on, on my list, the majority of them are, I think Jeff, the guy that have number eight, Jeff Gladney is like five ten. Okay. Um, but Jeff Okuda is six foot. Six one, same with Henderson and Fulton, Johnson, pretty much Diggs, all these guys. Okay. AJ Terrell's got good size from Clemson. Damon Arnett, um, who's might be being slept on a little bit because he played with Okuda um, in the same secondary, but he's also a guy that could be a second or third round pick. So how close are two through eight? So in, in two through eight, you've got Henderson, Fulton, Johnson, Diggs, Ter- Terrell, Arnett, and Gladney. How closely are those? Um, tier those out for me. Yeah, so there's Jeff Okuda, tier one. Uh, C.J. Henderson is tier two, and then the rest of these guys, Fulton, Johnson, Diggs, Terrell, I would say are tier three. And okay, then so Arnett like l- l- late first, second, or second, third? Um, second round. Okay. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm 100% confident Okuda and Henderson are first-round picks, and then you could see you know teams that need cornerbacks get Fulton, Johnson, Diggs, or Terrell in the first round. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, last position group. We're not doing we're not doing punters or kickers, right? No. Now. Okay. No. Good. Sorry. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Um, uh, safeties. So you got Xavier McKinney. Uh, I only recognize the fact that he's from Alabama, which is probably all I need to know. Yeah, exactly right. Um, he was a leader on that defense, uh, steady tackler. I'll see. He's he's mid first round for sure. I don't. I can't see him. Well, you never know. Um, but mid first round, late first round. Um, Grant Delpit from LSU is a guy that I'm really high on. Um, he was a guy that they were talking about in the top 10 before the draft started or before the college football season started, had some tackling issues, played through some injuries, and now he sounds like he could fall to the second round, which Browns need a safety. I'll take him in the second round if he's there. Um, probably now my third guy on this list, um, is a small school guy. And he's actually he's being compared to Isaiah Simmons as kind of a guy that can play linebacker, that rover linebacker, and safety as well. His name's Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. Um, good sized guy. He played safety in college, but like I said, can can come up in the box and make a play. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. Dad played in the NFL. He's on Minnesota. Um, he's another guy I could see in the second round. Um, Ashton Davis from Cal. Um, very solid tackler. Um, second, third round for him, I would say. And then probably the smallest of small school guys, a division two guy, Kyle Duger. Uh, just a fun name to say. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, 
he was a workout warrior and obviously produced, but on a small level, but someone's going to take a flyer on him in the third round, I would say. And then a senior safety, J.R. Reed from Georgia. Again, some of these SEC guys, they, when you're playing in the SEC for three or four years, you're that's the tier right below the NFL. Yeah. I think these guys can make that transition. Another steady tackler. Yeah, if you've, if you've played multiple years in the SEC, it's basically as close as you're going to get to. Exactly. To the NFL. All right, well, I'm smarter because of this. <laughs> um, and I, I can only apply it to the draft that's coming up in two days. So um, uh, anyway, Doug, thanks for uh, sitting down with us and doing this. We'll be back tomorrow to do the mock draft. All right. Going through your big board and uh, – and and seeing how the draft shakes out and then um draft is on thursday thursday night awesome seven different channels (laughs) there's nothing else to watch (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening thanks if you've made it this far i appreciate it hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-800-941-2358 to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50 plus, for LGBTQ patients who wish to seek treatment without worry of stigmas, a confidential program for first responders and military, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-800-941-2358. 800-941-2358.